Hey guys, welcome to Ambitious as a Mother, the podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Thompson, and I have no idea how you found your way here, but I am super excited, thrilled even, to have you. Now, in a world that tells us, especially women, that we can't have it all, I am here to encourage and empower you to ambitiously pursue all that God has in store for you. Each week, we will discuss topics unique to womanhood, motherhood, and purpose. Again, I'm super excited to have you. Now, let's get into the show. Hey guys, how is everyone? Thank you guys for joining me for yet another episode of Ambitious as a Mother. I really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for listening to any of the episodes that you listened to before this. And I am just hopeful, prayerful, and I'm pretty certain that this episode is not going to disappoint. So thank you guys for listening um, and I hope you enjoy Now, I hope everyone is doing okay. I know I'm doing well. I'm actually kind of adjusting to this stay-at-home life. I hope you guys are adjusting as well. I hope you guys are practicing your social distancing, which means you are at home at your house where you live with the people that you live with, not that you are booed up, shacked up, staying, going to visit people that you don't actually live with. That is not how social distancing actually works. But I hope that you are staying at home. I hope you're enjoying your time at home. And I hope you're getting to know the people that you live with just a little bit better than you did before this whole thing started. I know there has been this hashtag that's out that's like alone together, I think is the hashtag. And it's mostly just talking about how people stay connected virtually, like if they're staying at home alone, how they still connect to the outside world and the people that they love and how they are practicing being alone, but still trying to be together. And I really kind of like that hashtag. However, I am kind of taking a different spin on it because even though I'm at home with my husband and my toddler Sometimes, even though we're sharing the same physical space, it can be difficult to actually be connected. Even though we're in the same place, we might still feel alone, even though we're together. And I know that we're not the only married couple that's going through this. And so I thought, why not do an episode talking about marriage and relationships? Because this is the time when we all need it. And so I wanted to talk about that. And I thought, what guest could I have on my podcast? Hmm, somebody that could really talk about relationships with me. I got it, my husband. So he is going to be joining us on this episode. You guys, I love that man. I love him so much. He is amazing. He's funny. He's candid. He is literally unapologetically himself. So this is my disclaimer. If he says something on the podcast that you don't agree with, you're going to have to take it up with Jesus because that's what he believes. That's how he feels. That's his perspective. And he is not going to apologize for it. So (laughs) I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode. I know that you will. And I want you all to take a moment and welcome my boot thing my baby zaddy to the podcast welcome chris we're glad to have you hey babe hey what's up 
Thank you for coming on here and for doing this podcast episode with me. I'm super excited to have you and just to let everybody know what's going to happen in this episode. So when me and my husband are intentional about spending time together, we tend to watch TV together and we don't just watch TV. We analyze the situations and the characters that are in each episode, in each show that we watch. And it kind of gives me an opportunity to gain some perspective, to kind of see where he is and to learn more about him. And so these conversations are always really fun. Sometimes they get a little heated, but we always enjoy them. And so I wanted to let you guys in on some of those conversations. Does that sound good, babe? I'm ready. All right. So the first show that I want to talk about that we watched together, it's called Cherish the Day. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that snooze fest. (laughs) So to be honest with you guys, the only reason we watched Cherish the Day was because a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine recommended it. And she actually does a pretty good analysis of the show on her podcast. So make sure you guys go listen to She Speaks podcast with Chris McDonald because she talks about the show on there as well. But I didn't think it was a snooze fest. You didn't like it? No, I think it was trash. No, it wasn't trash. It was decent, but. I do think it was a little, yeah, it was trash. (laughs) Okay. Well, now that we have that out of the way, I'm going to let everybody kind of know what the show is about. And so if you haven't watched it, you can go watch it yourself and decide if it was a snooze fest. Um, Or you can go listen to the analysis like I mentioned earlier. But ultimately what happens in this show is that there are two characters from two different worlds Gently and Evan, and they fall in love with each other. And the show just gives a little bit of their story, how they came together, how they end up ultimately not being together and talks about the passion between them and how sometimes that's just not enough to keep them together. So Gently, the female character, she comes from a broken home, has mommy issues. She was raised in the streets. Evan is more affluent. So he was raised with both parents and has a sister had a little bit more money growing up. And so they get to talk about how these differences either bring them together or tear them apart. So my question to you, babe, if you were able to stay awake enough to get an answer, how do you think or suggest we should navigate those deep rooted differences in relationships? So if people are different regarding background, culture, religion, upbringing all those things how do you navigate those differences in a way that brings you together instead of tears you apart uh hmm. well i guess kind of covered in the show a little bit but i think it comes down to respecting those differences a lot of people love the differences while you're you're dating when it's cute like oh he likes sandwiches and i i don't that's you know but when you get into a relationship and it starts to get about like, oh, you know, you only clean up on Saturdays and I like clean up all week or, you know, whatever. It gets a little bit harder to respect those differences. So I would say practice respecting and remembering the, you know, what you loved about those differences at the beginning. Because, you know, when you in the beginning and it's all puppy love, you're good. But then when it gets a little deeper, mm-hmm. then you want to kind of reject that person, which I don't think is good. I agree. I agree. It's not good to reject a person just because they're different from you. So um, you mentioned practicing 
accepting and respecting those differences? What does practicing that look like? Uh, Engaging that person instead of worrying about what they're doing and why they're not doing it the way you would want. Try to understand maybe them and why they've done it that way. Maybe they were raised that way. Uh, It could be a sentimental thing, depending on what it is. It could be just they never knew anything different. But I think engaging a person and trying to learn more about them instead of about what you would want them to do will go a long way Mm. uh, in getting past those differences. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot make a person into who you want them to be. No. Awesome. Thanks, babe. So the next question, and just to bring you guys up to speed in this show, there's an episode where Evan proposes to gently. Also, there might be spoiler alerts. I'm sorry. It's it's a thing. I apologize. Nevertheless, Evan proposes to gently and she tells him during the first proposal, quote unquote, I need time. I need more time. And I remember watching the show with my husband and him being like, ah, nah, nah, dog. (laughs) So I want you to talk about uh, how you would feel if a proposal was rejected and how you could possibly potentially overcome a rejected proposal and it lead to marriage. No. (laughs) No. um, I mean, um, Hmm. Well, when I was watching the show uh, and, you know, you get into it and you're looking at it, if I'm honest. No, I probably wouldn't be able to go forward because it's hard to get to that particular point, especially for a male. I mean, because the pressures, I mean, whether we want to talk about it or not, the pressures on the man to do a lot of heavy lifting, especially when it comes to like proposing and make sure the house and all this other stuff. and so. For a man to get to the point to want to propose to a woman, mm-hmm. she does have a say. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I know the. Clarify the, that, yeah, boo. Clarify I know, that. I know the triple AM people, which is ambitious as a mother uh, <laughs> fan group. That's but cute. Uh, That's cute. I know y'all going to jump on me, but I'm just speaking from a male perspective. Ladies matter too. But um, to get to that particular point as a male and then for it to be rejected, depending on the reason, if you had a conversation or whatever, but it's hard to come back from that. Cause I think what the question would be like, Oh, if, if she say no, um, do y'all stay together? And then I saw like a meme that was like, well, if, if you don't make the basketball team, do you still come to practice? <laughs> so, I mean, oh, okay. kind of essentially is that it's like, if he sees the reason I say it wouldn't work is because men are made up in a different way. And so if you reject him when he's trying to make you his long term thing, it's hard to mentally and then emotionally come back from being rejected in that way and then ask you again, because then it's going to take some time. Because what will probably happen is, you know, you'll he'll ask and then you'll say, oh, no, I need time or whatever the mess she said. And then a month later, when you see your friend get engaged or your mama ask you something or whatever, then you're like, oh. Gently didn't have a mama. She did have a mother that just never showed as far as I saw. But, um, you know, you then you'll have that, oh, I do want to get married. I do want to get engaged and all this other stuff. And then you're going to go to your man and be talking to him. He's going to be like, get out of my face. Because I just asked you a month ago and you was like, no, nah, but because, you know, circumstances happen, now you're ready. So I do think it's, you know, it flips. Now it's on his time because now, you know, it may take him a year, two years, five years, whatever year um, to propose. And then you 
basically rejected all that thought in that time. So it's hard to get that back, Mm -hmm. especially initially. Y'all might break up for a little bit and get back together. But initially, there will be a very strong shift in the relationship. Mm, Okay. All right. I appreciate your perspective there. Could you possibly see maybe Evan being wrong in the situation for proposing before even engaging those feelings or thoughts, you know, setting her up in front of all those people and proposing to her without even checking and seeing if she was ready or if that was something that she wanted? Could he have been wrong for that? Yeah, I I mean, I do think he could be wrong for that, but I, I don't think it's you know, bad intentions in doing that because for the most part, now there are a few ladies that aren't this way, for the most part, women love like the big celebration where people are looking at you get the ring and it feels like you won and you know, you know, all these things. And so on that end, it's like, well, risk and reward. Cause he putting himself out too mm-hmm. out there too. And there's pressure on him because if you say no, now everybody's going to say he a fool, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand there's pressure on, you know, the ladies and saying yes, but, uh, so I would say that there should have been a conversation beforehand mm-hmm. or at least some conversation so he can kind of know where you at. But then it, I'll pose it back. What if what he's been feeling from you or you've been putting out is that you may be ready for him to take the next step or take it more serious than what? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Now, sticking to the show here, gently was always a flight risk you guys will see it when you watch the show she was a little bit of a free spirit and that was something that they discovered during their very first date so I think that when you are dating someone that is like that who is commitment avoidant and someone who tends to be more of a free spirit you do want to make sure that you're constantly checking in with that person Mm -hmm. And saying like, hey, you know, how does this feel? Are you, are you ready to take this to the next level? Or just checking in because you never know where their head might be. And so I think that that is just an opportunity that Evan had. He could have done that. He could have not done that. Not all men do that. You know, yeah. most men know their women and know, you know, that that's something that they would want. But I would say for her specifically, that might have been a good opportunity. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, y'all heard that? She right. Okay. Anyway, the next show that I want to talk about, it's a show that we have literally watched every season of because we're dorks like that. And so we watched this show called Married at First Sight. And this season that we're on is, in Chris's favorite word, trash. Straight up garbage. Mm-hmm. Throw it out. It's horrible. Um. So, Pastor Cal, if you are listening to this podcast, I am so disappointed in you. you. I, I dis- blame you specifically. No, I don't. I do blame you specifically. Like, Pastor Cal, y- we believe in you, if no one else. And you just sit here and let these people come together and mm-hmm. none of them are ready. Um. Nevertheless, there are, I believe, five different couples, right? Yeah, it's five this time. There are five different couples that got married at first sight, which means they never met their spouse before they made it to the altar. And we get to go on this eight week journey to see if they decide they want to continue to be married or if they want to get a divorce. And so there are a lot of key issues in this season, because if I'm honest, I feel like those people weren't healthy individuals before they even made it to the altar. Facts. And so that has caused a lot of issues in their marriage. But to be more specific and ask a few questions, 
first of all, the premise of the show, thinking that you can be in a marriage with someone that you just met or someone that's a stranger is going to always beg the question to me, what do you think it takes to have a successful marriage? Hmm. Well, I would say, I mean, just being friends. I think I think that kind of gets lost in the fluff of things because everything is so serious. I mean, it is serious and marriage is a serious commitment, but I think a lot of people shift their thinking when they get together. So then the fun stuff you used to do, the quirkiness, like all that stuff's kind of gone or it leaves or, mm. you know, fades. Mm-hmm. So I do think being friends and communicating and probably also trust also mm-hmm. would come mm-hmm. into play. Cause I think if you got trust, good communication and your friends, I think a lot of issues you can get through. Okay. I think that's, that's a really awesome response because like you said, especially on this show, because they meet at the altar, they do tend to skip the friend phase altogether mm-hmm. or some couples get stuck in the friend phase and they don't want to move beyond that into a romantic relationship. Yep. So it is good to have that balance of friendship and trust and being able to communicate What do you think about acceptance? I think that's something that is very essential to to any relationship, but definitely in a marriage, you definitely want to feel like you are accepted for who you are 100 percent in a marriage. And you don't want to feel like your spouse only accepts certain parts of you or that they reject you in any way or that it isn't a safe place for you to be yourself fully and authentically. Mm -hmm. So. What would you say as far as that being an essential part of a healthy marriage? Uh, Well, bigger, honestly, bigger than the trust, bigger than communication. Um, I mean, bigger than everything, really acceptance, because when you get married, you become one. And so all the good things about that person and all the not so good things about that person become a part of you Mm -hmm. in one way or another. So if you're rejecting them, then you're you're ultimately rejecting a part of yourself. Mm. So I think that'll preach because so I think, um, you know, you can't have, honestly, you can't have a marriage with two people. It has to, it has to be one. It's a union. And so I think if you are not an accepting person, then you probably need to do some work before you get with another person because they're going to have some baggage just like you do. And I mean, I don't want to get too petty with it, but to me, if you can't accept someone else, that means you think that your flaws are better than theirs. Mm-hmm. You think your ish don't stink. Yeah, uh, shout out to Andre 3000. <laughs> so I think that was a good response. Thanks, boo. So in this season, there is a particular couple. I think you know who I'm going to start talking about because Lord, pray for them. Um, there's Mika and Michael. And Michael is a liar. He's a real life pathological, sociopathical liar. Like he can't help himself. It's just like, what's your no, name? Look, and he's like, me. oh, it's Randy. It's look like, no, me. your name's no, Michael. He is uh, brother, brother Michael. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Randy, I mean, brother Michael. Uh, he struggles uh, with let, telling the whole truth. You know, mm. those people who tell you just enough to make it sound real good and mm. then they fluff it in a little bit. It's like a cake. You know, you put some sweet stuff in no. it to make it rot. You know, he, you know, Bless he might, his heart. you know. Now, I will say, speaking to what we just talked about, I think he does struggle with acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so yep. his response to not being accepted or not fully 
feeling like he can be himself is to fabricate untruth stories. Yep. So untrue stories, not untruth stories. My bad. Anyways, so he struggles in that area. And I wanted to ask you because his partner, Mika, is not perfect. She's flawed as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think that she kind of has had to learn to take on a little bit more from her partner. So how do you suggest dealing with integrity issues, character flaws, or just deep-rooted major issues in your partner? Because I know I was a mess when you got me. So how do you deal with no, stuff like no, that? No. Um, I guess remembering that, I mean, I don't know what, I would think that ambitious as a mother, you know, podcast fans were on the Christian faith of Jesus Christ. But, Amen. you know, and if I'm going <laughs> based upon that, then you're no better than them. Mm. I think people run into problems when you think you're better because then you're not looking at, oh, I do this or I need to fix that. You're just pointing the finger like, oh, he's lying. Like Mika in this scenario, she does know that she need work, but anytime they have a conversation, she's always acknowledging him. Mm -hmm. And then even with him, he's always acknowledging her. So then I think you said one day, it'll be a constant back and forth and never mm-hmm. no resolution. It, it'll never, you know, cause it's like, well, I did, I did this because you did this. Well, I did that and did that because you did this. And the, mm-hmm. and this is going to go back and forth. So I think if you can have the mindset of like, okay, now if it's, you know, threatening or, you know, something like that, then get out. <laughs> but, you know, but I think overall, if you see as some minor things that they may need adjusting, cause you, again, you don't know the upbringing. His upbringing was he was adopted mm-hmm. by his, I think his sister. His, auntie. His auntie adopted him. So, mm-hmm. and she even said that he got picked on, you know, growing up. So it caused mm-hmm. him to, you know, want to be accepted by people. So he would make up, you know, he's the guy that's like, oh yeah, man, I, I got some twenties on it when you know they tens, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, bro, I could see the tens, <laughs> but I'll accept your twenties. Cause you trying to, you know, but, um, yeah, I think just remembering that you're no better. You have things, too, that you don't do well. Whether your partner constantly throws them at you is different. But I do think just kind of keeping in your mind, like, okay, I don't like this. This is something that needs work, but I also need work on certain things. So I need to have some sort of grace and compassion for that person to try to help them along. Mm, I think that is an awesome response, especially like we're talking about in Mika and Michael's situation. Because they both want to point the finger. And there is my friend, the same friend from earlier, Chris McDonald, who I love, told me when she first got married, she put something on her mirror and it said, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? And I feel like in these situations between Mika and Michael, yes, she's right. He is a liar. And yes, he's right. She tends to lack compassion. However, both of them being right is not going to help them be married. What Mm -hmm. helps you be married is when you are willing to release your rightness for oneness. And I think that that is something that they need to work on. And a lot of couples honestly have to work on just being one instead of trying to be individually right. Mm -hmm. All right. So the last show that I want to talk about is called Marrying Millions. It's also on Lifetime. I don't know how I have my husband watching all these Lifetime shows. (laughs) Help me. Help. (laughs) So, but he enjoys it. I'm pretty sure he enjoys it. Anyway, so we watched this show called Marrying Millions and 
there are couples on there as well. We don't know them as deeply as we know all the other couples, but there are some few key issues. So these couples aren't married yet. They're dating or engaged. And one person within the couple is very wealthy and the other person is not. And so that causes its own unique issues. So my first question is, as they are leading into marriage, what do you think, babe? Prenup or no prenup? Mm, I feel like the saints going to get on me. Hold on. I honestly think you do need a prenup. Mm. Especially, I know, especially if, because there's a situation where there's a young man who is well off, but he's well off because his father created a business or I think he inherited or bought a business and Mm -hmm. became wealthy. And so he kind of became a trust to that. And so if he doesn't get this prenup, then his father's money, part of his money will also be in jeopardy. So Mm. my thought is if you, you know, if I got, a hundred million dollars and we getting married and I say, okay, I want this prenup. I do think the prenup should be fair for both people. So if you come from, uh, you know, working at Waffle House, you know, I think they Bless make, us. you know, they make decent money. You can be manager anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if you from Waffle House and then I'm running a, a, you know, music company or whatever, then obviously that disparity happened before we got there. Now I do think it's fair that anything after we got married that we get, is together. Mm, okay. So if I'm worth a hundred before we get married, but I'm worth three fifty after we get married and, you know, going forward when we divorce, then I do think that two fifty, mm-hmm. you know, it should be split 50, 50, but I don't think it should be a situation where what I had before should be kind of in jeopardy, especially if it's a situation where parents are involved and, mm-hmm. you know, their money is also. I agree. I can see your perspective on that. This is where I want the audience to chime in. We are going to be on Instagram this week, and I want the audience to engage with us and tell us what they think. Do they think prenup or no prenup? I can see it from both perspectives. I do understand the emotional tie to having or not having a prenup for the person that doesn't have the money. It can feel as if there's a lack of trust Or that for some reason Mm -hmm. you think that I'm greedy or I only want you for your money. And if I have proven myself to you and I have shown myself to be trustworthy, the fact that you would question me could lead to or trigger an emotional response. Mm -hmm. I I agree with that. But I do also think that some people hide behind that because Mm -hmm. they know that that's, you know, it's hard to look your spouse in the face and say, hey, we might not make it. And I'm afraid that you're going to take me for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that is one perspective. And the other perspective is, like you said, when there is wealth on the line that you did not attain yourself, when you are not only putting yourself, but your family's businesses and your family's wealth all on the line. When you say I do, it is wise to have some form of protection there. And so I, I do understand the need for a prenup in those sort of situations. Now, what I will say is if you work at finish line and I work at forever 21 and we get married and you ask me for a prenup, I'm going to mm. look at you real mm. crazy. No, okay. No, cause I need half that. I need half that check. 
you know, child support might come in. They're going to take like 80%. I'm not going you know. to play with you. Um, This man doesn't have any other children besides ours. I just want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Amen. <laughs> um, awesome. So last and final question. I have one more. And the question is, there's a couple on marrying millions where one person really wants to get married. She feels like her time is ticking. They've been together for a year and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm ready. And the other person, the one with the money, I might add, is saying, you know, I'm just not ready yet. There's some more money I want to make. There are some more things I want to do, some more adventures I want to go on. So what do you think? There's this whole movement about secure the ring. What do you think about that and women who are wanting to be married and men who are not ready? And what do they do if they're in a relationship together? Well, okay. Um, With that, I would say that if he's not ready Mm -hmm. and he's already laid out the plan of why he's not and what he's trying to do Mm -hmm. and you can't accept that, then I mean, you have a decision to make. Is the ring the most important thing of the person? Ooh, okay. Because if you just want the ring, which when I say ring, I not mean marriage, but I mean status. Mm-hmm. If you just want that status of like, oh, I'm 32 and I I'm married, girl, and everybody can like go sis and all this stuff. Get it, sis. Get it, sis. See, I thought that was such a good podcast till now. No, <laughs> but if. If that is your goal, then you might need to one reevaluate your priorities and probably leave that person alone. Mm-hmm. Now, if that person is just like, "Oh, I'm gonna spend 15 years dragging you along," I don't think that's fair either. Mm-hmm. But if communication is clear, like, "Hey, I would love to marry you, but I want to secure some things first for our future, mm-hmm. and then we can do that," then I think that's reasonable, and it's up to you to accept that. But you can't stay. Mm-hmm. And then complain about staying. Mm. You, you, the choice is still yours. You Barbecue can say, or meal day. Exactly. You can say, hey, you can tell them to take the ribs off of the fire at any time. <laughs> if you wait till the ribs are burnt, mm. that's on you. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> I want to say that's a word, but I'm not even sure. It might, it might be. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, you guys, beyond this being an episode full of laughs, I hope there were some little nuggets of wisdom that were dropped that you can keep with you. I'm going to give the mic over to my boo and see if there's anything else he wants to say to the lovely fan base of Ambitious as a Mother. Yeah, Triple uh, A M, as I call them. Uh, I'll call y'all. <laughs> I appreciate y'all listening and supporting my wife. It's been great. I hope y'all continue to, and I hope that y'all are taking something from what she's saying, or even this one with, you know, little old me talking. Um, (laughs) Oh, that little country there. Um, That's the Helena West Helena. Anyway, I appreciate y'all, babe. I appreciate you having me on. I know this is your baby, so I appreciate you letting me be on the baby. Mm. Uh, As R. Kelly said, half on the baby. But that's that's another that's another topic for another time. Cut Um, here. I appreciate y'all. I hope y'all have a great day. And continue to listen. I'll holler at y'all the next time around. All right, guys. Now, this episode is just a typical Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday night for us. We are always analyzing these TV shows and having these conversations. And while sometimes we agree, um, that's usually rare. But sometimes we disagree, which is usually more often. 
either way, if we agree or if we don't, we always get to learn more about each other and our different perspectives and our different views of the world. And it always brings us closer together at the end of the day. And so even though this episode might have been a little bit of a different setup than we are used to, I hope you guys have found it valuable, encouraging, and a little humorous as well. So next week in episode six, we're going to get back to our regular structure, but I'm not going to leave you guys this week without a little nugget. So our practical tip for this week is to respect the differences. Me and my husband are extremely different. I'm a morning person. He is not. I am process externally. He's withdrawn. He processes internally. He's analytical. I'm more creative. I'm more emotional. He just sees things very differently than I do a lot of the time. And at the beginning of our marriage, we would see that as a detriment. However, as we've grown closer together, we've learned to not only accept those differences, but respect them. We've learned to value them. We see them as a strength and an opportunity for balance in our relationship and not as an opportunity for us to be divided. And so I will encourage you and admonish you as you're spending more time with the people that you love to learn to accept, respect, and value the differences. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Will you do me a favor? If this episode empowered you or blessed you in any way, will you share it with someone? Also, provide a rating on iTunes. And since I love feedback, feel free to leave a review. I would love to connect with each and every one of you. So you can find me on Instagram at Desiree Catrice. And I'm also on Facebook, Desiree Catrice. Thanks for listening. And I hope to see you next week.